Welcome to the Building Wealth for Women podcast. I'm Anne, your host. This podcast is all about equipping you with tools, skills, and knowledge so you can build wealth and reach financial freedom. Now, let's get started. the podcast and today I have a special episode. I'm going to be joined by a guest called Simi. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode because I think it's going to be so helpful for you in your careers. There are so many gems in this conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it and it makes me think that yes we are at the end of 2023 but 2023 isn't over yet and there is still time for you to work on your money goals and still achieve a big money goal that you have, a small money goal that you have, you're still able to achieve something. And if you know that you want to be able to retire early and you want to have fun doing it so you can have more freedom in your life, so you can still enjoy the holidays, but be able to invest, save and have a fully funded emergency fund, then book a sales call with me to chat to me about one-on-one money coaching. I will leave the link in the description. But anyway, guys, on to the episode. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. And in today's episode, I have a special guest. I've got Simi here with me. Simi is a career coach, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. I'm really, really excited for this episode today because as we're nearing the end of 2023, we've got to start thinking about our careers. And I think Simi is the perfect person to help us with this. So hi, Simi. Please introduce yourself. How are you today? Hi, Anne. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm doing great. I would love to introduce myself. So my name is Simi Aokoya, as you've said, and I'm a career coach for Black women in the corporate world. So I specifically work with Black women who are looking to break into corporate roles that are going to be more senior, help them become leaders in their industry, and specifically help them to increase their salary. I've worked with hundreds of women to help them do this since 2016. So I'm so happy to be on your podcast to share more with your lovely listeners and just have a really exciting, engaging conversation and help people listening get ready or start thinking about what they want next for their career. Amazing. And being on Building Wealth for Women is so important that we all start thinking about our careers. So Simi, I would love for you to start off by telling us how you sort of started in your career and how did you land your first sort of high paying job? Perfect question to start us off. So let's let me backtrack maybe 10, 15 years ago when I had just graduated university and I wanted to get my first big girl job. So obviously I have African heritage. A lot of your listeners might have African or Caribbean heritage. But a lot of times in our culture, our parents want to be super proud of us and say, oh, my daughter works here or um, or she's starting this now or maybe she starts anything impressive. Your parents want to be able to say they said it. So I really wanted to make my parents proud. I've graduated, got a big girl job. So I got a job at an investment bank. I was really proud to work there. When I first got the offer, I was so excited. But the first thing I noticed when I got the offer was I looked at the salary and I was like, eek, is this, is that it? And I was really kind of surprised. I said, okay, maybe people start on these salaries and then as they kind of rise up or get promoted, things get better. So I started the role and I did everything I was supposed to do. I kind of was best friends with my manager. I did a lot of this FaceTime, always picked really, really big projects. I could like look good. But the salary increases were very questionable. 3% salary increases, 5% salary increases. And this was a pretty big company, a global company. I expected much more, but I kept on saying, okay, maybe this is normal. 
things really took a turn when obviously as the years went by I noticed and I started looking at older colleagues around me and I noticed in my 30s at that point by the way I was single I wasn't married I didn't have children then but I was thinking about the future and I said in my 30s I don't want to be at a job where I'm working so hard I don't get time to spend time with my family spend time with my children and it made me start reevaluating. okay I want to be well paid so I want to have a job that pays me well but I also want to be fulfilled, a job that allows me to have a life outside work and actually be happy. So obviously, kept on doing what most of us do. We kind of say things will get better yeah. until I was denied a raise I was promised. And that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. That was like the last straw. And I knew that staying in a role that didn't pay me what I deserve and also didn't fulfill me or help me feel like I had a like a good life like I felt like that wasn't worth it. And I specifically said in the next phase of my career, as I my mid I was in my mid-20s then, I really need to ensure that I'm setting myself up for success in the future. So I decided to start positioning myself. I went to or started speaking to more people in other industries. I specifically wanted to learn how to make my experience relevant for different industries that weren't just investment banking at that time. And I really learned how to create a career brand for myself. And using that new career brand, four weeks from the time I was denied the raise and told I wasn't getting a raise, I got a new role that doubled my salary. So for context, I was earning under 50K at that job. But obviously, 50K doesn't seem like that much when you live in central London. And I was able to move to a new job that helped me double that and obviously have other great perks on the side. And when I was in that role and when I got that role, it really opened my eyes to the fact that so many women in my community really want to do that for themselves, be able to work from home. Even pre-pandemic, I was working, I've been working from home. Wow. Um, I've been pretty much been able to have a career that serves my life, not my life serving my career. Mm-hmm. And when I made that career change and obviously made other career changes, a lot of women in my community started reaching out to me. So I had a non-profit, which is what I started as. I had a non-profit that was specifically for Black women's careers. And it's pivoted since then into a coaching business where I run online coaching programs. My coaching program is called Search to Secured, where I help women secure 10K to 40K salary increases, because that's what I've done. And I've really helped women realize that no matter where you are in your career, even if you want to pivot careers, like change industries, even if you want to to more senior position, become a manager without having been a manager before. It is possible, but you just need to learn how to leverage your experience and skills. So obviously I've used my story now to help hundreds of women. And I really want to, my life purpose almost is to share with black women that their career can be well-paid and fulfilling. It doesn't need to be one or the other. It can be both. Just amazing. Like listening to that, I resonate so much with your story, to be honest. And I'm just sort of thinking if I met you a few years ago, maybe I wouldn't have struggled in my own um, sort of like career that I'm sort of doing. So yes, I have coaching business, but I also work in healthcare. And I just think you're so right about our families really being proud of us. Like I remember when I got married, my dad was so proud that he put what I'm doing in the speech. <laughs> That's how proud the parents get. <laughs> and you want to make them proud as well. So then, of course, if you then get into a job that makes you feel unfulfilled, like it's not giving you like the flexibility you want, it's not giving you the pay that you deserve. And the fact that you got denied a pay rise just shows me that actually it's so good that you managed to turn that around in four weeks. 
in that, four weeks and to be honest before i was able to do that people think a job search is a three month six month people think it takes a really long time yeah. and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be a long time but it's all about being able to understand how your experience is relevant to other industries how you're able to tailor yourself and show yourself as like a solution to people's problems um so it's yeah spot on you're so right that is that is honestly amazing to be honest um and I think that is probably like one of the things that stops women from getting the careers they want what Mm. other things do you think stop women from getting the careers they want with specifically black women what do you think stops them from actually getting that career that they want I think it starts with qualifications to be honest so when you think about people always think they are not qualified for jobs people always are quick to say that they don't have the degrees or they don't have the certifications or they they don't they always feel there's something missing when it comes to their experience and that's like such a huge barrier i see a lot of times people want to join my coaching program and the first thing they say is i don't have this 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 and this and i'm like let's mm. focus on what you do have you do have this you do have this you do have this and a lot of times companies aren't paying you for your degrees they're paying you for what you can do for them so yeah. really having that mindset switch is such a big big thing the second thing is confidence so i want to share like an important stat and just to give context so black women are the most underpaid in society and it's like statistically proven so the lse so that's london school of economics they did a recent study which showed that obviously the top five percent of earners in this country they did a survey and there is a one in a thousand so that's a 0.1 percent chance that's a black woman is in the top five percent of earners and for context top five percent of earners is 80k a year so there's a 0.1% chance out of just the population in the UK yeah. that a black woman is earning over 80K. And that's a scary stat. Like that that's scary. not even capped to any age range. Like that's people from all age ranges. That's a very scary stat. And knowing that stat, I think she really motivates us to realize it wouldn't be a statistic that's so shocking. So I think when we think about confidence and when we think about knowing that we are deserving of these salaries we are deserving of salaries that we can use to save spend and invest not just meet our needs we should have salaries that make us have disposable income that allow us to build a portfolio to get on the property markets that allow us to build a nest egg start investing for our children like we are deserving of salaries that help us do that and the last thing i want to say is another reason why um, black women are or are hesitant to get the careers they want is because of a distraction so the honest truth is a lot of times there's a lot of stuff in the media about building multiple streams of income yeah and often we forget that the easiest stream of income to build is from your nine to five yeah so that means a lot of people are leaving low-hanging fruit such as maximizing their salary and going off to start ventures that aren't specifically profitable that sometimes even eat into their salaries but Mm. such a powerful way to even start a business is to maximize your nine to five income and then you then have more disposable income to be creative invest in your business get the support you need but if you rush into building a side hustle that doesn't even have enough income to fuel it then you're now losing both ways all those points are so true like I even think back to my own story of actually um, when I was in one job and I completely hated it and then I moved on to another job. It said, I remember the job description, which I got sent afterwards when I randomly applied for this job. I didn't even apply for it. I just emailed around. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
it said five years of experience. I had 18 months of experience and they still hired me. So it's not about having the degrees or 10 years of experience. It's actually being able to sell yourself as the solution to their problem. Like I was the solution with my 18 months of experience. I still was able to solve the problem. And that's what you've been doing for women. And I've, I was talking about this on Instagram stories that I obviously talk a lot about investing in the stock market to help you um, build wealth, retire early, build generational wealth. But actually, your salary is a way you can start investing as an example, is a way that you can actually start getting yourself into the stock market to build this generational wealth. And you can do that by increasing the amount of money yeah. that you earn. Like it is probably the easiest way, like you say, to do that. It's the... You can try and build that stream of income, get it to a high level, and then you can start adding in other streams because you're right. You can start eating up your salary by trying to do this business and that business and doing this and doing that. So, no, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree. Yeah, I do agree with the degree thing. I think that is very off-putting, especially when you're trying to sort of like switch careers. And I think a lot of people... I I have felt this way as well. Like a lot of women do feel stuck in their career and they think, oh, I want to do something else. But, you know, I'm a mother or I went to uni for this specific degree. I should do this. So what advice can you sort of give on people who want to who are looking for jobs and potentially switching, you know, the industry they're in and like building that career of their dreams? Because I know that you've done that so what advice that's, could you that's, give? That's a really good question. And, and just to give context, I always say this. You aren't starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. It's so easy for people to discredit the experience they already have because they think it's not valuable. And so many people just discount their skills. So sometimes when I initially start working with the clients, the first thing we do is one of the exercises we work on together is having an audit of your experience so far. And so many times people discredit what they already have. They say, oh, I can do that with my eyes closed. A lot of companies are willing to pay you a lot of money for that thing you can do with your eyes closed. I've helped people move from industries like, for example, public sector roles, NGO roles, to private sector roles. I've helped people move from PR, so public relations, communications, to technical roles. I've helped people move from individual contributor to management roles. There are so many ways you can leverage the experience you have to show that you are a good fit for even jobs you haven't done before. And I think a lot of times people get discouraged by job titles. They see a job title and say, that's not the job title I have now and think they can't get it. However, when people are applying to roles, this is a mistake I see often and what I work on and when I'm coaching people is when you're applying for roles, you're not applying with the job you have. You're applying for the job you want. So don't start use, for example, people who start putting their responsibilities from the job description of their current job in their CV. And I'm like, if you do that, you are reinforcing to the hiring manager that you only can do what you're currently doing and you can't do what they want. However, when you're able to see this is the priority of this company, I've helped this, these sorts of companies work towards these priorities and show how your experience is relevant. That's like your sweet spot. Yes. And a lot of people don't really leverage that sweet spot and like they're genius. Because one thing about it is this. If you think about companies, the reason why they pay you a salary is because they're paying you for a service. Mm -hmm. You are a service provider. You actually have value. They need you to kind of be successful. So you need to be able to pitch yourself as someone that can actually help them create more impact. 
whether that's increasing their revenue, cutting their costs, making things more efficient, helping them train the staff. Think about how companies think about what an impactful or what a, a good employee is. It's someone that actually makes a difference to the organization. So you need to think about how your skills help companies make a difference, not how your skills just roll up into a list of responsibilities. Right. And I think that mindset shift can really help more women be bold enough to go for jobs they want. I just think if you're listening to this, go rewind that part. There were so many nuggets in that. One of the first thing, what did you say about the experience? That that you're line starting was, from scratch. You're starting from experience. That is beautiful. That that is oh, I love that because it's so true. You aren't starting from scratch just because you want to do X. You already have the skills to apply for that job. You just need to look at the skills and see how your relevant skills actually relate to what you're already doing. Um, and I just think you made some really good points there because I think a lot of people do get put off. You know, they let's say they want to go from healthcare like me or something to like tech. They might see all these technical things and get put off like, oh, I don't have that. But there is something that you are doing in your job right now that relates to that job. And I think another thing that really puts people off is starting off at entry level. Like you have built your career in in whatever industry. Now you're just like, actually, I don't really want to do this anymore. And then you're looking at other jobs like, oh, do I have to start in a junior position? So what are your thoughts of that? Like, do you think people need to start at entry level to have a career change? And if so, why and why not? Not at all. I think a lot of people look at their experience and think, because it's in a certain industry, it means zero in another industry, which is not the case at all. So many people are able to switch industries. And I've worked specifically with women who wanted to move into management roles in new sectors that they had never worked in. But because they had expressed a lot of industry interest in their career, maybe they had worked with on a certain project that was in that industry, or maybe they had helped manage or even if they babysat a team or a certain project or program, they were able to leverage those experiences and position it when applying and when interviewing to show that they were actually more senior because a lot of people without knowing they actually when they apply to jobs they make it look like they're entry level they apologize in like their professional summary like maybe keen maybe whatever the job title keen analyst looking for new opportunities in when you write about your experience like that they're going to start you from the bottom because you are clearly saying that you don't know and you need to kind of be taught. Whereas positioning yourself as, I have these skills in these areas and I want to apply to these areas to help you be successful. So the wow. difference in that narrative is clear because if you position yourself like someone that's new, you will be new. You, you will yeah. be an entry level. If you tell them, make me an entry level role. Because a lot of times hiring managers can see when someone is really, really good. They can see it and it's clear. But if the person that's really good is telling them that, oh, but I'm happy to start from the bottom. They're merely going to be like, great, we get to save on budget. We had maybe 90K for this role, but since you want to be like junior, we'll pay you 60 or we'll pay you 55 or we'll, yeah. we'll try and minimize it because you've been, you're willing to accept that. And you might actually be doing senior level work mm -hmm. in a junior role. So now you then will feel underpaid or unfulfilled. You, you won't feel like the work you're putting in is matching your efforts. Yeah. And the, as matching your paycheck. So I would definitely say starting from the bottom is something I do not recommend. If anything, 
I will help and I, my, my goal will be to support you to find the roles where you don't have to start from the bottom. And it would still be in that same interest area, industry sector. So you feel like you're moving forward in your career and not taking two steps back. Amazing. And if this is a person who is sort of applying for a new role, what sort of mindset shift do you think they should be making to like go into like this job applying stage yes. of like, okay, I've I've listened to Simi. I, I I can I can do this. Like what is something that can actually also help them in terms of how they're thinking to help them along as well in their journey? The first thing I'll tell that person is to stop applying. And the reason why is a lot of people apply for jobs without knowing what they want. So when opportunities come their way they just say yes to everything without actually having the clarity of if it's for them or not and then you can actually repeat the situation that you have at your current job in your new job because you didn't do that almost I like to call it you didn't do that goal setting beforehand so when I work with women one of the first things I do I want to work on before you even apply anywhere is thinking about the types of jobs the type of industries the types of companies and your salary goals because without knowing that any company will come your way and you will just have shiny object syndrome. Like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. And then you end up interviewing for jobs, getting even sometimes getting rejections for jobs that you didn't even want in the first place. So, yeah. you know, the feeling and, and a lot of my clients tell me this before they started working with me, they'll say, I've, I've been getting lots of rejections. But when the rejection comes in, you're like, I've looked at this job description. And if they said yes, I wouldn't even want it. <laughs> but when you have clarity, it means you know the type of jobs, you know the type of industries, you know the kind of paycheck you want. You've done that salary research to understand for these type of roles, this is what I should be expecting. And these are my salary expectations. You go in much more confident. So I have something that I teach called the walkaway number. And it sounds like what it is. It sounds like a number that if it's not met, you will walk away from. And yeah. I help women set their walkaway number so they are empowered in their job search. Something I teach specifically is your job search and moving jobs gives you a unique opportunity of increasing your salary by 10k to 40k that's why i specialize in helping yeah. you actually position yourself to be deserving of a 10k to 40k salary increase but also be confident in discussing it with a new employer and actually securing it by negotiating or by just getting a job offer that meets those expectations so definitely i would say it's all about starting your job search to how you want to continue. You don't want to start your job search by applying sporadically. You have to know what you want first because then you're able to filter out. Because the job market has, there's lots of noise. Yes. And a lot of people, reasons why people struggle with applying and find it so stressful is because they don't have like a strategy. Mm. They don't have a strategy when they start. So it's just, oh, I'm just applying, seeing how things go. When I ask, okay, so what types of roles are you looking for? What type of companies? Do you know anything about the type of culture you're looking for specifically? If you don't know the answers to the things, there'll be red flags coming your way when you're applying and interviewing and you wouldn't even know they're red flags. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely the mindset shift. Yeah. I think definitely getting clear on what you want is is really good because from my own experience, when I haven't been clear, I've gone for interviews for jobs that I didn't even care about. <laughs> Just like, I'm going for this and I'm like, actually, this doesn't even work for me. So yeah, I 100% agree with the fact that actually leaving the job that you're in and going for another job is is the biggest opportunity for you to actually get that salary increase. I've done that before and I think a lot of people don't really talk about it. 
they just think oh yeah let's try and get it in my actual job but actually looking somewhere else is the biggest opportunity for you to get those salary increases and Simi you know gets these 10k to 40k salary increases so which is amazing but I'm also thinking about the women who are like actually I do kind of like my job um but I don't feel like I'm getting paid enough. So why do you think women don't then go for pay rises or even ask for one in their current company? I think I think a lot of times the general myths and maybe even career advice we are sold when we are starting our working life is mm-hmm. things like let your success make the noise. Mm-hmm. It's so good that they can't ignore you. Yeah. And a lot of times, although those are helpful things, they really stop you from being explicit about what you want. So you think people are mind readers. You think people will know you've been working hard. You think mm-hmm. people will know that you've kind of been successful in your last couple of projects over the year. And it stops you from being ever being able to articulate your value and talk about all the impact you've created at the company. And that really stops people from going for what they want. I know I've helped a couple of women navigate maternity leave, for example. And when they come back, even things outside pay, such as flexibility to just adjust to their new life, they struggle with even the concept of asking. And asking isn't like a demand or you being rude. It's more of you showing that there's mutual benefits for a raise, for flexibility. There's mutual benefits for me getting this raise, both for me and both for the company as well. Mm-hmm. And being able to be confident. I think people in general, and Black women especially, struggle to talk about money. Sometimes yeah. money is a kind of a taboo subject. You don't want to mention it or you feel like if you ask and you hear no, you're going to feel defeated. But a lot of times I say this. I think the corporate world has done a really good job at doing something really bad, which is discouraging money transparency. Yeah, And I think because that has happened so much, a lot of times we are institutionalized and indoctrinated into believing we shouldn't talk about money. And it can be very, very to our detriment, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that's what I, that's what I am totally against. I really want you to be confident speaking up about money. Like in my coaching program, part of like the scripts and trainings we work on and even as well, part of the group and the one-to-one as well, we speak specifically about how you can get more comfortable about money how you can get more comfortable speaking about money, talking about why you deserve to be paid more, why you want to um, have 10K more, 20K more, 30K more, 40K more, and showing the company that you're valuable. Most times, the reason the company is still employing you is because they know you are valuable. So you should be able to articulate that. Yeah, definitely get comfortable talking about money. And I I resonate with that because I remember when I asked for for a pay rise, before I asked for it, I was just like, oh yeah, whatever. Like they will recognize that I'm doing all this great work, blah, blah, blah. But then for me, I wanted to invest more money because I was like, I wanna, I really want to retire early. I don't want to work in my nine to five. So I need to really get this pay rise. But honestly, the companies don't care. Of course, they're just going to look at you. And con- if you're happy on that salary and you're not making, you're not saying anything, they're just going to think, oh yeah, this is great. Like she's happy, so we'll just leave it at that. So if you're unhappy with it, say something, ask. Like Simi said, it's not a demand because you deserve to get the pay rise you are working for. If you're giving the value to the company and you're showing them, actually, I'm providing all this value, you deserve to be paid 
the right amount. And it's so paramount to talk about money. You're just preaching what I love. So important to talk about money. Go ahead. One more thing on that point, which is about, I think when you're at a job you like and you want to stay and you're asking, you're like nervous about speaking about money. Although you might not be looking for a new job, I always still encourage you to do some job search, job search research. So talk, thinking about what your market rate should be and what other companies could potentially pay you because that's clarity. I think a lot of times you can be scared of getting knowledge because you'll be scared of what you're missing, but that's only going to help you. So if you realize, wow, at other roles, I've spoken to other recruiters and hiring managers and they're paying 20K more and you realize that your company can't give you that, it is your opportunity to make that decision about if you want to stay or if you want to go. Like you're not a tree, you can move. No company owns you. No company has like your skills and experiences are your own and you get to choose who you're going to provide those services for. So I always say it's still empowering, even if you want to stay at a job, to do a full job search. Actually go out and think about what can I command in terms of salary externally and think and reevaluate if you like your company so much that you want to stay or if you think there are other companies out there that could fulfill that side of your career for you. So I always still encourage you to do that because a lot of times when you don't know what's possible, you keep on accepting things that aren't that great. Yeah, I 100% agree. Something that I actually started doing is I just asked my colleagues how much they get paid. I'm like, oh, how much do you get paid? And they're very open about it, which is great. And that is another scary thing, like even open up to your colleagues because you're all probably getting paid different things. But that also helps you. So if someone's in a in a higher role than you, actually finding out how much they're getting paid and how much you're doing compared to them or whatever, that's another way. But I 100% agree doing that market research outside of your job. Because then if you know, actually, I can just leave um, and go to this other job because I know I'll get paid more. Yeah. Then it's... And there's another gem, actually, which is all around what you said. You said you ask your colleagues what they're paid. Another way to do it, if your colleagues, you think they're going to be very antsy about it, and yeah. this is something I teach, this is a gem for you, so if you're listening, note this down, is ask, based on this certain level or this on this type of role I want to go for in the future, how much should I expect to get paid? So that way you're asking them their thoughts about it, but not asking them what they earn. Because some people can get very touchy about money, and I understand, like, that's everyone's personal opinion. Some people wouldn't want to share, but they still would want to help you and still provide something for you. So if you also can add that reframe, let's say you know the person's already going to you then can approach it from a, okay, what should I expect? What should you think I should be looking at? And that gives them more opportunity to be open and have, like, their guard down and share more openly as well. Yeah, Simi's way is obviously the better way. <laughs> no 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 you can do that too especially if you're if you have a good relationship with them but if you want to obviously you have more people that you might not have be that close to so if Mm. you want to ask more people you have that opportunity and you can do it externally too so if you can do it at your company you can do it externally too yeah i love that and i also wanted to ask you i know you've already given some good gems in terms of like how women can go get a pay rise like i mean one of my clients asking me so she was in a job and she asked me you know how how can i go about getting a pay rise like she was working really hard she was doing a lot of overtime and I remember asking her like why haven't you actually gone for a pay rise and it was some of the reasons why you've mentioned before so do you have any additional tips of how a woman uh women in general can go for like a pay rise in their current role perfect 
So I'll address in your current role. So in your current role, it's all around tracking your progress and also having an open communication with management. A lot of people only talk about their pay rise when it's time for their performance review, but that's not the right way to approach it. You really want to actually start talking about it at the beginning of the year and mention you have the goal of maybe delivering on certain projects, getting a certain salary increase or bonus, and having an open conversation with your management team lead, whoever you kind of are reporting to, even if you're a manager yourself, you will have a manager as well that you can have that conversation with. So being open and you want bi-weekly or weekly one-to-one sessions to kind of see how you're tracking towards that. Because a lot of times what people do is they treat their goals, career goals, like a surprise. And people also do that when they're applying for jobs. They treat their salary expectations like a surprise. You don't mm-hmm. want to use it like a surprise. It's not like a surprise party, like, hey, um, <laughs> we're pleased to announce you're getting us a raise. You never, your raise should never be a surprise. Like, it's a surprise if you already got a raise recently and they give you another one. Great. But if you're going for a raise, it should be something that there has been a conversation about and something you are working towards together with your manager and you have buy-in. So I would say that's like the biggest thing because I mean, working hard and doing stretch projects are all great, but a lot of times the accountability with the company to get the goal is what's lacking. And so it's all about kind of starting with the end in mind and having that conversation initially. So you're not even putting your manager or someone under pressure because you'll be like, I'm disappointed I didn't get a raise. But they'll be like, you never told us you wanted one. So you shouldn't put that expectation on people that they're going to read your mind. Yeah. So it's all about that, but also kind of specifically being strategic, the type of projects you do as well. You want it to be projects that are creating impact, not throwaway work or things that are going to easily be automated the next year or things that are manual. You want to try and work towards progressive progressive projects. So yeah. those are my main things, especially for people that are in roles. And I would always encourage you to do alongside that to also be looking at the job market as well. I have lots of clients that know they want to move jobs in the future, are happy in their jobs now, but still know the skill of being able to have an effective job search is so important Mm. from setting your job search goals to setting applications that convert to interviews, not just spraying and praying, but actually applying and converting it to an interview to having interviews that position you as the top candidates that allow you to command the salary that you want. And finally, knowing how to choose the job offer, knowing how to negotiate the job offer, understanding what the job offer means. And a lot of times people actually get job offers while going for promotions at their company. And then they're able to get to that point and decide in between both. Because to be honest, options make you so powerful in your career. When you have more options, you are more well-paid and fulfilled because you are basically in the control. You're in the driver's seat. No one's just saying this is your destiny. You are choosing where you want to be. So I will always recommend while you're going for something, a promotion at your company, also learn that skill of understanding. These are my goals. These are how how I'm going to do effective applications. This is how I'm going to stand out in my interview. Whether you're pivoting careers, starting from scratch, you have a baby on the way, maybe have a caring parent, maybe you want to relocate. Throughout all those seasons of life, you can get a higher paying job. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? Like, all of you should be getting higher paid jobs in 2024. Like, there were so many gems in what Simi has said. Like, and like she says, you can all get high paying jobs. And the options thing is is incredible and so true. I don't know what it is about companies. When they know that 
you're going somewhere else they 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 want to they want to give you everything then but like giving yourself options it's good for you as well to have options because then you can sort of weigh up the decision instead of thinking i can only stay at this one job and if they don't give me a pay rise then that's it no if they don't give you a pay rise you can go somewhere else that's what simi did she did it in four weeks that's what she does for her clients it's possible for you to and in 2024 if you want to change your career, I think it, it's time. You can even start now, I would say. Would you agree, Simi? Would you would you suggest people starting now? Exactly. So at the end of the year, companies have budgets for roles that they want to close as soon as possible. They want to hire people at the beginning of the year in January as well. There is new budgets that's open for Q1 roles. And those are the, that's like the biggest pot you're ever going to get because at the end of the day when companies plan obviously companies plan ahead they have budgets to plan for they have a hiring budget the q1 budget tends to be bigger than the other budgets so if really and truly you know a higher paying job is something you want to start working towards start leveraging the upcoming q1 budget i know we're recording this now in december december 2023 but start thinking about how am i going to make sure i'm leveraging the q1 budget january to march that's when companies are going to be hiring aggressively how am I going to start leveraging that? How am I going to start positioning myself towards that? So that's something you should definitely be thinking about. Don't sleep on this, guys. Don't sleep on this. Oh my gosh, Simi, this conversation, it gets me excited. I feel like if I was still in my career, I always say this, if I was still bothered about my career to that extent, literally you will be someone I I would hire. But also it makes me think that if I don't want to work in healthcare, I've heard some of the amazing things that you have said in terms of moving industries as as an example. And I think it's been really helpful because I always say that if you, you can have the pay rise, you can get a salary increase, and then that can help you towards your early retirement. That can help you towards your generational wealth, your financial freedom, your building wealth. It all starts with that career. It all starts with that main yeah. source of income. Um, So don't sleep on it. Like 2024 is your year to get that career of your dreams. So Simi, please tell the listeners how they can find you and how they can work with you. Great. So Search for Secured is my coaching program for Black women. So it's literally almost touches on every single thing I talked about with Anne today. So it's this program specifically to help you secure a 10K to 40K salary increase in your industry of choice without having to get new certifications, get other degrees, wait for months on end. So it's a program specifically meant to guide you through setting your job search goals, applying to jobs, interviewing, all the way to securing the offer and helping you negotiate and be confident throughout the process. So it's a coaching program. You have coaching calls, you have access to a course, you have access to community, you have one-to-one access to me. So that's how to work with me. And if you want to get a new job in Q1, you can work with me through my Q1 intake. So you feel free to get in touch with me for that. So I'm on LinkedIn. My name on LinkedIn is Simi Awokoya. And on Instagram, I'm at Coach Simi. And we'll kindly put all the links in the show notes. But last but not least, I have a free way to kind of learn more from me. I have my weekly email series, which is called Well Paid and Fulfilled. And I send weekly emails helping you move closer to a higher paying job, higher paying and more fulfilling job. So if you want to receive my free weekly emails, the link is in the show notes as well. Coach-simi.com forward slash email. So the link will be down there for you and you can just get 
free career tips and advice from me so you can start thinking about what a higher paying and more fulfilling job looks like for you. Perfect. And yes, of course, I would definitely leave all of those links in the description. Well, Simi, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an amazing, amazing episode. It's going to be super helpful. I know that for sure. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Ange.